This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Okay, gentlemen. Um, over a long speculation riddled weekend in the NBA here. This is our first chance really in like four days to react to some of the Timberwolves things that came out. Three options. Choose your own adventure where to start with here. Do you want to start with... The Wolves adding some interesting role players in free agency. A little Shake Milton action. Anthony Edwards signing a max contract. Or the Wolves having been confirmed to have called the Portland Trailblazers gauging interest in a Damian Lillard deal. You really asked that question? I, I'm just I'm just. You really asked that I'm question of a panel that specializes reckless doctors speculation. of reckless speculation. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, give me door three, oh, please. So, all right, here's the report from Chris B. Haynes. Chris B. Haynes is Incredible. pretty plugged into the National Basketball Association. I don't yeah. know that he's like Woj Shams level, but he's definitely on that next level of. He's on the windy level of like NBA insiding, right? Like the Mark Stein th- windy sort of. I feel like the difference is this. I feel like Shams, to a certain degree, and Woj for sure, is in the Schefter bin of if they throw it out there it's almost certainly going to happen yeah yeah crispy haynes and like and like windy are like us they're doctors out in the field just going on house calls to see what's what you know what so the difference i think you're right is Woj and shams are going to come in when it's happening right like so we here's all the information we're gathering and once it boils to a point of it's about to happen they'll they'll send it out but then there's like the windy crispy Haynes where they're also collecting a ton of information and they're more willing to be like, here's something I'm kind of hearing right now. Right. <laughs> About this. Huh? <laughs> exactly. So crispy Haynes speaking with his co-host Mark Stein on the, this league uncut podcast says this, the Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Celtics. Those are the teams off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure there were more that I know called to reach out to see what it would take to trade for Damian Lillard. Okay. Reckless speculation. Minnesota, obviously, if they're trying to get in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes, you know it would take Carl Anthony Towns, but that was quickly eliminated, as well as all the other teams that tried. Well, I'm not going to say eliminated. I ain't going to say New Orleans are eliminated, but the Clippers, I think they know that the chances are unlikely. And as we sit here on this Wednesday morning, 
everything is pointing toward, even though like the Miami package that they're offering, they can't offer it. They can't, their first round pick they can offer or their first first round pick is in like five years. Mm-hmm. And they're, so it's like, here's Tyler hero and a bunch of crap, <laughs> but Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami. And so there's the Blazers are like, okay, well, that's fine. We want to do right by you, but we also need to get a return back for you. So it, so I'm not sitting here telling you that the Timberwolves are likely, but what do you make of the Timberwolves being one? Once this news came out on Saturday or whatever day it was, Hey, Damian Lillard's officially requesting a trade. And the wolves are like, oh, let's make a phone call real quick, right? What do you make of that? Well, I make two things. First of all, I think they they're among the teams, in my opinion, that have to make that that call to inquire at least, because why not? Like you aren't. It's not like you're this heritage franchise. Oh, we don't need this player. Yeah. And and look, they're in sort of the weird thing of, of I think feeling like they're on the precipice, despite the disappointing results of the past season of being on the verge of being good, very good. And so one, I think it makes perfect sense. I I think Tim Connolly's not doing his job if he does not pick up the phone, which is why we have suggested for a month now that they need to at least make the call. But I think it also 100% suggests this. They probably knew that the answer was going to be, okay, if we want to talk about, if you want to talk about Dame, we want to talk about Cat. And it sounds like the Wolves said no. So I think that this does provide even more uh, confirmation that the Timberwolves are going to run this thing back with Cat um, and not and not make a trade now. It doesn't mean, as Dukes keeps saying, and I, I trust that Dukes' sources are guiding him on this too. doesn't mean that they might not uh, try to trade Cat in a year, um, but I just think it's looking more and more like the Timberwolves' intention is to try and get Carl and Rudy and Ant and that whole crew on the floor for an entire season before they pull the cord on one of those players. And it obviously probably be cat, but can we back up a step? Cause I just want to clarify Cause it sounds like what you're saying is they called the blazers and I'll just, I'll read here again from crispy Haynes. If you're trying to get in the Dame sweepstakes, you know, it would take Carl Anthony towns, but that was quickly eliminated. Are you judge saying that you think the Timberwolves took themselves out of the running when they found out that Towns was the price? Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes, I'm saying that it was eliminated because Carl was not, like the Trailblazers would definitely talk at. See, that, but but that doesn't make sense to me. If you're the, and I don't disagree with you, because that's, I think that's how. I'm just trying to deduct the tweet itself. But here's, but here's the thing. That doesn't make sense. If you're the Timberwolves and you pick up the phone to talk to the Blazers about Damian Lillard, you can't offer a first round pick. Because you, you, they've traded. You, you have to have a first round pick every other year. Mm-hmm. So they, they have no more. For, now this is the misconception. They do have first round picks every other year. Next year, twenty six, twenty eight. But they don't have them in the odd years. But because they don't have back to back first round picks, means they can't. So they picked up that phone, knowing we can't trade a first round pick. We're not trading Anthony Edwards because we're about to sign him to a massive contract extension, right? Maybe they were, th- maybe they were thinking Jaden McDaniel. Like if they could swap Jaden McDaniel's and some mm-hmm. other prices for Damian Lillard, maybe yep. that's what it would take. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know how they would make that work financially, but I think they made this phone call to gauge Carl Anthony Towns' trade value lined up next to Damian Lillard. I actually think, I think Crispy Haynes might be getting this a little wrong. Like, why would mm. the Wolves make that phone call? and be told, oh, it'll cost Carl Anthony Towns or maybe back a step. It'll cost Anthony Edwards. <laughs> no. 
Right. <laughs> okay, then it'll cost Carl Anthony Towns. Well, no. Right. Well, then why would you pick up the phone? What, what did you think you were going to do? Trade Rudy Gobert and like a, some second round picks? So to, like, to me, they called Portland either trying to totally fleece the Blazers with like a Gobert thing, which makes no sense for Portland, which why would you even insult them by picking up the phone? Or you made the phone call to see what Carl Anthony Towns value was. That's yeah. what I think happened. I took the tweet to mean that it got shut down by the Wolves at Towns. Then now why you, call? But then why call? Jaden McDaniels in a package? I don't know. Like, it's still worth a phone call. But I don't think all I'm saying is, despite the fact that I am on the trade cat bandwagon and personally would have no problem with, especially when, when you got a chance right now before it gets to be a salary cap problem, to move him, my sense is that what you guys have been saying as far as your opinions that they are going to try to run things back is probably correct. Um, it's still an interesting phone call, though. Like, it's 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 definitely – and, yeah, the tweet's not super clear. That's just how I, I interpret it. And I also read a blog about it that interpreted it the same way. But, like, if I found out that my interpretation was wrong and yours was right, I wouldn't be absolutely floored. Yeah. Oh, what do you think, Dex? <laughs> I mean, I, I like that they made the call, um, you know, tapping into my Blazers sources. Um, I, you know, it's weird. I think my Blazers source is uh, kind of going a little radio silent on me because he knows I'm fishing <laughs> for information, which is, oh, you uh, mean, which is a little you interesting. Mean he found out that every day on this podcast, you talk come to the Blazers. table and talk yeah, about maybe. what your Blazers source is telling That'd you. Is that right. possible? You know, great friends going back to high school and, you know, we're watching each other grow up and get old. But I guess that there's a line to be drawn in this friendship. Always um, is, my man. <laughs> but uh, but I, I like they made the call for sure. And I, look, is Dame Lillard a better player than Cat? Yes, we we crossed that bridge last week. But Miami probably wants a significant haul and not just Towns. I know that sounds weird. I think they would you rather Portland, take Portland. They, yeah, Portland. Excuse me. Portland wants the package. Portland wants whatever Miami's probably going to offer. But Miami, that- but Miami has nothing to offer. This is what's crazy about this. Right. Miami's offer is abjectly like patently awful. Tyler Tyler Hero is just a role player with injury issues. And then they have, like, no meaningful draft capital. There's no – it's not like they have a stash of – like, the Knicks have two or three really interesting young players if they wanted to get in the mix, right? Right. So how far does Portland go trying to please Lillard? Are they going to – one of the things that set the Timberwolves back 15 years ago, and they tried to get a haul for Garnett, but they just got fleeced. Right by uh, Danny Ainge, you know the the Wolves not getting a couple big time centerpieces back or a couple like even higher picks back for one of the greatest players of all time helped set the that and like bad hiring helped set that franchise back probably fifteen years. And the Blazers are not. It's not like the Lakers. Well, we're going to go into a tailspin for a year, but it's Los Angeles, so we'll just go get LeBron when he becomes a free agent, right? Right. That does that can't happen for Portland. So. If they take the Heat deal, they're screwed, and it's going to be a Timberwolves situation. They, now, they have a couple of interesting players like Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson, but I just wonder if Portland moves off Miami and says, Dame, sorry, we also have a line that we need to draw. We will trade you, but that Miami package is not good enough for us. Does that open the door back up for other teams? Do the Timberwolves get back involved? That's what I'm curious to see here in the next few days. So because Dame does not have a no trade, can he threaten not to report? Can he rescind his trade? Like this, this is what I don't get. 
what's the leverage that so, so you know let's just say for the sake of this conversation that the Portland Trailblazers and the Wolves worked out a trade for Dame can he just say well I'm not going there like see that that's what I don't get about this league is yeah. is what is because it seems like from all the stuff I've read that the insinuation is if it's not the heat he basically is like screw it yeah I, that's a great question I, I mean Players just sort of get what they want all the time in the NBA. Even without a no-trade clause, players are just like, I want to go here, right? Right. And then we'll make it happen. So I think if you're a team, Timberwolves or any of these other teams, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets are a team that reportedly wants him, right? Would you make that trade if, let's say the trade was all agreed to, and then the Blazers go to Damon and say, hey, we got this lined up, this is going to happen. And he kicks and screams and says, no. Right. I don't want that. What recourse do you have if you're the Nets or the Timberwolves? I think he would just probably suck it up and play. And it's the problem. The problem for him is he's under contract for like four more years. Yeah. So, but we've seen players do that before. We've seen players kind of like, you know, under contract for a long time, kick and pout their way out. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's say they don't make a deal for Damian Lillard, which seems unlikely at this mm-hmm. point. I actually kind of like what they did in free agency. Like, if they have decided, we're going to run this back, we need to replace, we need guys healthy for one, but we're going to replace as many of the kind of mediocre minutes, like the Jalen Noel minutes, the Jordan McLaughlin minutes. Uh, They did say goodbye to Torian Prince for sort of financial reasons. We're going to replace chunks of these minutes with Shake Milton, who's a a big six-foot-five combo guard. He's essentially going to be the backup point guard to Mike Conley. Uh, he scores in the paint. He can shoot threes. Right. When he start, he started like eleven games for the Sixers last year. In ten of them, he scored fifteen or more points. He scored twenty seven on the Timberwolves in one of those games that he started last year. So you get this big six foot five guard that can handle, that can that can play in different lineups. And then Troy Brown Jr. is basically the for both the Lakers and the Timberwolves. You're swapping Troy Brown Jr. for Torian Prince. So you get kind of a younger, solid, good rotation guy, six foot six. I like that they're getting lanky, versatile, sort of multifaceted players here that are fairly young. And now you have, you look around, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is it nine guys under the age of, so it's 27. Towns is 28. Shake Milton's um, 26. I believe they have 10 guys all under the age of 25. I saw Kyle tweet that out um, over the weekend, that that they're basically betting on their younger core, which is probably the smart thing to do right now. Troy Brown Jr.'s, 23. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who they made room for with this, is 24. Um, you know, Josh Minot's 20. He's about to go light up the summer league this week. Leonard Miller's 19. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just, I love that they've got these young, versatile, sort of wing, ball handler type players. And then you're seeing what happens with Gobert and Towns at kind of the top of your roster. Yeah, and Brown and Shake both shoot 38% from three-point range so you've got guys that can come off the bench now and hit threes which is good so yeah I mean I got I have no problem with not being able to go out and spend a ton like I always think that's a dangerous proposition in in all sports uh but in this one I think that if you bring in role guys who are young and can develop and come off the bench and are comfortable that with that that's great that's fantastic um but again, I just think that everything that they're doing leads me to believe that they're going to try and run the core back. Mm-hmm. I might disagree with it, but I think it's what um, Conley and Finch are intent on doing. Well, you know, I 
and I, I, I do worry about getting into next summer and now it's like, now you got major luxury tax issues and everyone knows you have to, I just, but they know that too. I think the, right. the one thing I'm curious about, and there's been some buzz about this, that maybe they've, they've had some conversations about towns behind the scenes and that the contract with the new CBA is a huge stopping point. Cause now it's like, he's going to make 50, 55, 60. He's a super max. He's going to take up this huge percentage of your payroll. And when the luxury tax uh, ramifications were lesser before the new CBA, you could kind of be like, ah, oh, we'll swallow hard and deal with it. Right. Right. But teams aren't going to want to do that going forward. So I've been worried that if you wait till next summer to trade him, the value is not going to be what it is now, but these teams might be looking at him and thinking all the same things we do, which is hey, he's certainly not a number one. He might not even be a number two on a team that wants to win a championship. His contract is a lot worse now than it was previous to the new CBA. So maybe they've done some stealth shopping of him now and they've decided, well, I mean, there's not a deal out there that makes sense for us. So let's just run it. What's the worst thing that can happen if we run it back? Right. Last year was kind of a train wreck from all angles, still made the playoffs and fought hard against Denver. So maybe that's what they're asking themselves. All right. What, what's the worst thing that can happen if we make a couple tweaks on the edges and run this thing back? And I know that it's the Timberwolves. So I was going to say, that's a really loaded question, but yeah, (laughs) that is a non, not only a non playoff team, but they don't even get in the play in. And it, it's funny, though, too, you know, because there is, as for all the questions that I think we rightfully have about Carl Anthony Towns, there's also questions to me about Gobert, too. Like, there's some legitimate questions about him. And, you know, his fit, and you're, you're about to talk about the guy that I think we all now agree is absolutely the key guy on this team. But, you know, it's not like, it's not like Gobert is this now, okay, he's back next year, and he's going to be fresh as a daisy which he might not be, and he's going to be fantastic. The interesting thing about Gobert is I think Gobert, I have more concern about him on the court, and I I know that he got punched and stuff, so I know that it was far from a perfect thing. But I actually have more questions about Gobert on the floor with this club and more questions or as many questions about Cat off the floor as far as his mental makeup. Yeah, I mean, Gobert's questions are... I don't think they're going to go away. I don't I don't think at that age he's all of a sudden even if he's healthier going into the season like he's the flaws are what they are. His personality kind of is what it is and you just have to hope that the things around him can can Anthony Edwards get him some extra lobs or something. Like he's not going to have great hands. Oh, I worked on my hands this offseason. Well, what have you been doing for 10 years? Just got so. hands of steel though. Yeah, I and I just think the twin tower aspect, you know, Towns and Gobert, you know, they want us to try that again, but in my opinion, I just I don't think that works. Like, I, I just, I really don't think the two big guys clogging things down, I don't know if that works. Like, it's weird because Cat's not supposed to, though. Like, ideally, Cat right. floats around. He's this positionless player. Ideally. Well, but he's, but he's not positionless. That's the thing. He's not, he's not super athletic. Like, he's, it's weird because he's super athletic in some ways. Yeah. But then he's he like, he's kind of a plotter in other ways. So he's, yeah, like he's one of the greatest. Like to, to be able to shoot like forty percent from three as a seven footer is Great incredibly shooter. athletic. To dribble drive from the top of the key and get to the rack and like get an and one is incredibly athletic. But then when it comes down to like getting up and down the floor and you know covering from low block out to the three point line or whatever, it's just I don't know. I 
And there's really no evidence last year that says this was for sure working at a high level for several yeah. weeks. It's still all the same questions you have exist right now. Like there was definitely some games you can point to, but in terms of like, will this work over 82 games? Will this work in a seven game series against the Nuggets? Mm-hmm. I guess the saving grace a little bit is the Nuggets emphasized and Tim Connolly helped build them big, a big lineup. You've got the big sort of like run the offense through unicorn big man. You've got your, but, but it's a, they're also like a different type of big in some ways. Like Aaron Gordon is big, but also is super athletic and can get up and down, but they have big guards too, who are out there. They've got big wing players and stuff. And like, that's what you can see Tim Connolly trying to do here, which is let's make sure our backup point guard is six foot five with a wingspan. Let's make sure we have a bunch of interchangeable, like six, 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 seven, six, nine type players that we can run at different lineups. So I guess we'll see. Let's talk Ant here for just a minute. Um, a shout out to, to our friends over at EcoFun. So EcoFun, two locations in the Twin Cities. And look at this. You can see some of these amazing toys here, by the way. Um, if you want to get into, for instance, a carryover 2022 Yamaha Tracer GT9 motorcycle, $1,500 off right now at EcoFun, either in Forest Lake off 35 or in Burnsville off 35W in County 42. If you stop into EcoFun, and check out any number of these toys here, as we'll call them. Look at these little four-wheelers and stuff on the YouTube channel. Uh, Tell them that we sent you. Tell them that Scornorth and or Purple Daily sent you in EcoFunMotorsports.com. That's EcoFunMotorsports.com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We knew this Anthony Edwards contract was coming. He wasn't going to turn it down. They were always going to offer it. Uh, he did switch agencies, which I think caused a little bit of a delay. You know, just it took him like two days to sign this contract. But it's nice to know that he has, unlike the Andrew Wiggins thing, like when Andrew Wiggins did the max contract, everyone felt kind of dirty about it. Like, oh, I don't know, man. It's because Glenn Taylor gave the most ridiculous comment of all time. I made him look me in the eye. Look, me, it's Andrew Wiggins. Of course, he's going to yeah. look you in the eye. I like that we didn't need Anthony Edwards to look anyone in the eye before you gave him this contract. You j- it just felt like, hey, no need. Don't even. We'll just email it. Don't even. No, no eye contact <laughs> yep. needed. Here's the yep. briefcase. Here's the Brinks truck. Right. And I have a feeling, too, that un- unlike if you guys recall the Cat Max contract, it became a story that he didn't sign it for like months. Yeah. I, I have a feeling we're not going to have to wait for Ant to sign the contract. No, so, it's, yeah, yes. it's, it's agreed. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, by the way, we will have a flagrant howls. If you uh, are perusing around the Scornorth YouTube channel, we'll have that for you here. Just kind of coming out of our, our uh, four day weekend with all sorts of takes across the, the Scornorth content sphere. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff. Aunt, here, gentlemen. And still though, what I love too, is this kid is still what? 21. He'll be 22 in August. Yeah. Like that's incredible. Like when you think about the success that this kid has has had, I will give him this. If anyone is going to be the guy, and I think it was was it Krasinski or uh, Chris Hine who wrote about this, I think it was Krasinski. But if anyone is going to finally be the guy 
to lift this franchise from the depths of hell, right? Because it's it they are the Detroit Lions it's bad. of basketball. You're always like, what's going to go wrong next? Mm-hmm. I give Ann a really decent chance. Like, you know, Cat started Cat pretty quickly started to pout a little bit about things. And it's like, this isn't going to be the guy to lift you. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be good. But I think Ant, at his age, with what he has accomplished, too, and if you look at the incremental development year by year by year so far, it's completely legit. And the other thing I love is we didn't have to have a playoff or two where it's like, he didn't play well, but but he's going to eventually play well. Like, he has... He, to me, has passed very important checkpoints in the maturation process as a basketball player that I think a, I think a few Timberwolves high draft picks probably didn't get past. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike Conley went on a podcast this weekend, too. It was like a couple days ago. I was just talking about how he's – Anthony Edwards is, is just unaffected. He's different. He'll, in the huddles, be talking about how he wants to guard the opposing team's best player, and he's just kind of – kind of above it all in terms of like insecurities and whatever. So Love yes, it. no eye contact needed on Love the, uh, the max contract. All right. Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd, please click subscribe and the like button on the score North YouTube channel and a five-star rating and a positive review on our Apple podcast page can also help us grow and spread the word. See you guys.